So you want to rock an aesthetics career? <laughs> yes, please. Welcome to a brand new episode of Illuminating the Path, where you'll get your weekly shot of real career direction. And maybe a little tea. I'm Patty. Carissa here. Coming straight to you from the world's beauty mecca. LA, baby. Illuminating the Path starts now. Let's go. Hey guys, welcome back. We are so excited this week. Um, we're excited every week, but this week is just so unique and fun because we get to talk to a gentleman that is just doing so much fun stuff. And we'll, we'll get into the details in just a little bit. Um, up in the New York area, which we love so much. And, um, and it's just interesting when you get a chance to really pick the brain of a doctor. And so we're super excited today to be chatting with uh, Dr. Ben and Marissa's with us as well. Welcome. Thank you. Uh, I'm super thrilled to be here and, and talking with you guys. So thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah. So it's a uh, yeah, you're welcome. We're so excited to be talking talking with you. It's just so much good stuff is happening in our space that it's like we don't even know where to begin. But let's start with first how you got into med spa, how you, you know, why you're sure. specializing in this. Yeah, so it uh it was actually one of those fluke things that, you know. I did go to medical school with the thought that I'm going to stick needles into people's face every day, all day. You know, that wasn't, that wasn't my thought initially. And, um, it was actually kind of interesting. I, I stumbled upon, uh, med spas and the aesthetic space and in my fourth year of residency, I'd already matched into the specialty that I was going to do for residency, which, uh, most people have never heard of this, but it's PMNR physical medicine, rehabilitation. Mm-hmm. And my medical school had, like one of the requirements in the fourth year is you had to do a community private practice rotation. And there weren't any PMNR private practice where I went to medical school. And so I picked a neurologist who had done a pain fellowship. And so I spent a month with this guy and um, I didn't know walking into this, like the, the medical school, no one knew what this guy was really doing. We all thought he was doing neurology, but when I got there, he was doing aesthetics mm. and um so he started showing me like, this is how you inject Botox and this is how you do lip filler. And I was like, what is this? This is incredible. Like I always wanted to do something with my hands. Um, but just the, the whole experience, the, the artistry, the, the patient interactions, like I just, like I was hooked. I fell in love immediately. And I was like, I got to figure out a way to get back to this. So, um, spent the month, loved it. And asked him, hey, if I ever get a chance, can I come back and and learn again from you? And he's like, yeah, absolutely, anytime. And so in my program, in your third year of residency, so I had four years of residency total, um, you could start moonlighting. So like all my co-residents, they were like picking up shifts at the ED or picking up shifts on the floor. And I was like, I want to open my own practice doing aesthetics. Love it. uh, Everyone's because they had never once had a resident have residency which was kind of crazy but eventually i got every like i guess i'm very convincing because eventually everyone uh let me do it so i took all my vacation went back spent all my time with them like polishing my skills and you know hung up a hung up a shingle and i started injecting like any chance I got, like evenings, weekends, just kind of whenever. I just loved it. And um, it was kind of amazing by the time, you know, I was done with residency two years later, 
Um, I had my own building. I had five employees and I was like, this is it. Like uh, there's, there's no turning back for me. This is what I want to do. And so uh, very fortunate that, uh, that I found uh, injecting and um, yeah, wouldn't change it. So you have multiple locations now. Yeah. I do. Yes. Yeah. So that's the other thing that I learned is I actually really enjoy being an entrepreneur. Like I, I really, well, I enjoy most of the business stuff. Uh, I'm not great with uh, the fine details of bookkeeping and HR is like a beast. Like COVID HR was like my worst nightmare ever. I mean, COVID itself was bad, but HR COVID, like not being a doctor and having no business understanding, it was horrific. Um, But yeah, so I, I I quickly, I, I love opportunity and I, and I love challenges. And so um, seeing the, the possibility what's out there, I was able to, uh, I bought a practice and, and opened two. And, um, and so I've kind of done a little bit of everything um, and really enjoy that. And then actually, I don't know if, I don't know if you guys know this, but um, this last fall in September, I finalized a partnership with a private equity company nice. uh, to be their founding platform. And uh, I half jokingly say uh, my goal is, and our goal is to build the world's greatest med spa, which is what I want to do. So um, the, the, that entity um, is called Empower Aesthetics. And so um, we're working, I'm working with them. And, and now I'm on this kind of next level thing where um, we're trying to literally build the greatest med spa the right way. Yeah, that's so, that's so great because it is hard to set that pattern and that template up for, you know, future providers. I'm in a similar space myself and I'm, you know, we're franchising um, a, a very just easy model for doctors to kind of have that first taste of med spa. Um, and mm-hmm. so it's not super sophisticated. We're not definitely rebuilding anyone's nose or doing anything sophisticated on a very high end level. It's very just easygoing, good, solid aesthetics. And, um, but that franchising piece and even the, the expansion piece, working with equity partners and so on can be, you know, a whole new experience. And it's so impressive that you're crossing over to that, that level of development, because um, I, I just respect that so much. It's definitely a level of true, you know, just grit and entrepreneurship. <laughs> it's uh, yeah, it, it's definitely a transition in the learning process. Um, fortunately, I have an incredible team and we have an incredible CEO and CFO and chief development officer. And, and one of the things that, um, you know, I'm, I'm very aware of is the industry is rapidly evolving and um, it, it's changing, you know, daily. And unfortunately, fortunately or unfortunately, like word is out that MedSpa is literally the most awesome thing you could ever do or ever invest in or ever just be around. It's the greatest yeah. job ever. Um, and so there's a lot of money coming into the space. And um, I kind of took the stance that I'd rather be at the forefront of this and mm-hmm. try to create something truly magical than just get swept up into it later on. And so um, that's why that's one of the reasons why I chose to go with Empower Aesthetics because we we are very like-minded in that um, we both believe that good medicine is good business yes. and culture and experience speaks more than just the bottom line or revenue. And so um, I think there's a lot of interesting players that I'm starting to see that, you know, 
from a clinical standpoint, maybe they have that structure, but um, there's a lot of kind of scary stuff happening. And, and I want to be a counterpoint to that. Like, I want to prove that you can do this the right way and be wildly successful at it. Absolutely. And it's so awesome that you're setting that bar so high and that just giving, and it's, it's not even like, it, it's such an important piece just to have in any type of industry anyways, is to have a really good, you know, level of, of consistency and, you know, integrity. It's just not always found in the med spa space. And so it's so good that you're, you're working to really, and that's been the hardest struggle. I've been in this for about 12 years now. Um, mm -hmm. and it's been the hardest struggle is that there's lots of people. You're right. They're getting into sweet spot to be in, um, lots of good money and all that good stuff. However, it's still medical and it's still requiring a lot of good quality, um, type of deliverables to happen and, um, checkpoints, quality control, all of it. And it's just not always, you know, the first thing that people are thinking about. It is very money motivated, um, uh, in some cases. So it, I, I applaud that so much that you're really looking to really make sure that those boundaries are really well-defined, understand where, you know, that, I think that, that just because you should, does it just because you can, does not mean you should kind of mindset? <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, one of the fun things that I'm trying to work on with um, one of the manufacturers of neurotoxins is figuring out a way to have some sort of assay where it's like just like a dipstick or something that will tell you the dilution of Botox. I love that. Uh, just because like it drives me insane. Not, and you can dilute it any way you want. Like that's not the issue. It's how you dilute it. It's just how you're then charging and delivering it. Right. And so um, I would love to be able to just spot check all my providers that are mixing up Botox and just making sure that we're all like doing things correctly. Like there's, there's no checks and balances in our world for the most part, which is, which right. is part of the issue. And so mm -hmm. money is not the answer. No. Like more money is not an answer. Like more aggressive marketing is not an answer. Right. So all these people that can now just throw lots of stuff at the industry, um, is really gonna, it, it just scares me. I want, I want to, I want to protect it. I love it. So, um, so that's, that's really where I'm at with that is I have that opportunity and, uh, passion to, to, to try to try to do that. So we'll see it's early days. We're still like, you know, six months in. So, uh, so but very exciting, very exciting. That's a big win. That's a very big win. So congratulations because it Thank is, you a huge deal to be, to be crossing over to working with, you know, VC and working with folks that are, you know, look, they basically they're trusting you um, as the provider, but also as a partner to lead the way. And so that says so much, so much about like the, the practice and what you're doing. And the other thing that's great is I don't have to do any HR stuff anymore. Like I just get to do the things I love. Like that's like that's like uh, the the kind of the slogan or catchphrase or whatever you call it that we came up for for the brand is like own your practice, not your problems, right? So there's so many things that I absolutely hated having to do. One mm -hmm. of them is actually answering the phone. The day I got a secretary was like the best day of my life. Second to probably having an HR specialist now. Wow. What a difference for me. <laughs> That's, true. That's the hardest part of the job is, is the HR piece. Oh. It could be clients oh. and, and vendors and no, it's HR. <laughs> it's absolutely HR. And like, there's no secret manual somewhere. Like there's no, I don't know. Yeah. Anyways. 
<laughs> hours, hours wasted on HR, just trying to how find many, information. How many employees do you have uh, collectively among your locations? I have about 40 employees. Yeah, big group. Definitely. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's big a group. Lot. Yeah. Very, lots of good work to, to be done. So let's, let's um, switch it up a little bit back to clinical mm -hmm. stuff. You're doing some interesting stuff on the clinical stuff. I'm really super curious about it because we do get inquiries about, uh, first of all, you know, men are coming into the spa more and more. We know that. And I love it. Yes. yes. It's so great to see, especially when they're okay with it. And they're like, yes, I don't mind doing a little bit here and there, but we're there. The treatments are getting a little bit more evolved too. So do you want to chat a little bit mm -hmm. about that? Cause I feel like there's definitely some, some up and coming new techniques and things that are, are just kind of, I lack yeah. better term. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. There's um, you know, there, there's still and that's one of the things I love about our industry is there's still so much to explore and there's still so much um, that's coming down the pipe and uh, whether it's techniques or, or, you know, new products or, or what, just like new ways to use a product. Right. And so um, men are, are a group that I relate to um, and, you know, being in um, a way upstate New York, uh, it's pretty conservative population. And so, um, you know, there are men, it, it's getting, like you're saying, more and more men are, are realizing that, hey, like, this is, isn't for my spouse or significant other, or for the ladies, like, I want to look good, I want to feel good. And, you know, I, I spent all this time at the gym and dressing and like, my face is like a train wreck. So like, help me. Um, there, there's a lot more that male stuff coming in. I absolutely love working with my, my Brotox buddies, all my male uh, clients. Um, but I think what you're kind of hinting at is, is I've started to delve into male enhancements, um, yeah. which uh, like uh, is really, really interesting. And, and when I say like male enhancements, um, usually everyone, I don't know what comes through your mind, but it's usually a uh, an awkward conversation like people people are like what say what are you doing you know like you <laughs> can do that and um but yeah it's it's incredible so there's like uh for most new procedures or new things in our industry uh everyone is super secretive about it right no one kind of shares their technique or their process or whatever and so um, I uh, knew that this was uh, a thing that was going on, especially in Europe. And there mm -hmm. was a couple of people, you know, throughout the U.S. that were starting to get into it. And so um, doing, um, I actually went to, to Paris, France to a conference and then spent some time with a, a cosmetic injector there, um, really learning about how to do male enhancement and how to do it well and, and you know, what it is and, and, and all those things. And, um, so like doing, um, especially penis enhancement is the, the biggest thing that I do for men. Um, it is super awesome actually. And that's um, the Juvederm or type of hyaluronic acid and in injectable, right? Correct. So, um, so what I, I use, uh, my, my favorite is Voluma actually. Uh -huh. Um, so I'll use Juvederm Voluma, um, on average, it's probably 12 to 14 syringes per session. Wow. And most people will do two sessions, I've found, of about four to six weeks apart. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so even 
like I went and learned it and when I came back I was still like really nervous to like because how do you promote this like how do you talk about it right especially in a conservative community like like how do I how do I actually like kind of launch this right um, and I had, uh, fortunately I have a client that's a sex therapist and I just happened, she happened to come in, you know, probably within a couple of weeks after I got back from, from France and, and I was just talking to her, Hey, like, do you, like, do you think this is crazy? Have you heard about it? She had never heard about it. Um, uh, but she, like her eyes just kind of lit up and I was like, I'm, I'm really nervous though about, you know, trying to, to do this. And, and she said something super powerful that like, I really didn't consider. Um, she said, uh, you know, you don't know how many relationships and marriages you will be able to save by doing this. Mm. Um, and I was like, well, but it's going to be like really expensive. It's like a lot of filler. And she said, have you ever checked into how expensive a divorce is? Like yeah. people would happily pay this. <laughs> yeah. And the, the, the the amount of insecurity the amount of um uh, how the male psyche is so connected to to that and to their sexuality um it's incredible like the change and the difference you can make for people and um it's it's really easy on the outside to just like judge and 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 think you know this is crazy you know it's a money grab or guys are just like full of themselves or whatever you want to, whatever you want to make up. But like when you're in that room and you talk to these, these men about like, it gets incredibly personal and it's, it is like an emotionally charged interaction. And then to be able to say like in a half an hour, I can do something amazing for you that will really, really help your situation, your relationship, your whatever. And then to have them come back in like four to six weeks and like, they're like a new person. Like they got some swag. They like, mm. and like it, and it really does impact their day-to-day life, their relationships. It is so incredibly meaningful um, to be able to offer this. So um, it's an, it's an awesome procedure. It's not for everybody. Like, and I get that. Right. Um, but uh, the, the results and not even the results, just, the the impact you're uh, like you're able to have on men is hmm. unbelievable unbelievable that's really encouraging because you know as women we we've been um blessed with the whole vaginal rejuvenation for a while now and um you wouldn't think that some of these things matter but they really kind of do especially if you've been in a marriage in a while and things you know we get all kinds of just we hear all kinds of stories and it's a it's a thing for you know that just that overall body confidence but also you know mentally there's still so much you know projected online and so many things that you know you see in the media that just really kind of set a certain you know tone to anatomy mm-hmm. and so um you know it is. It's it's a constant thing, isn't it? The the whole like inclusivity, but yet also wanting to feel your best, and it's it's just always evolving. It really is, and you know, men are are we're notoriously bad sharers and communicators, right? And there is definitely a stigma, and there's, um, you know, there's definitely like that that locker room, you know, um, scene. I guess I don't know. What, I don't know what you want to say is, um, or how to explain that, but. Um, yeah, there, there's, it's really interesting because um, uh, 
trying to bring this and let people know it's okay, right? And if you have the ability to do something, that it's it's not wrong to do something for yourself, and um, and it, it really can make a big difference. So I, I think fighting against that is really a challenge. And even when I talk to like women about doing male enhancements, a lot of them will, after a moment, be like, "Well, yeah, I guess like." as a woman, like I got my boobs done or my breasts, you know, I, I like, it's okay for me to get surgery, you know? So it, it seems only fair that men should be able to do something about their anatomy that they don't like. Yeah. And also right. the whole idea of coaching, um, as a male, you know, doctor coaching men through the process of, you know, and not, it's not just about male enhancement. It's like overall the skincare, you know, all, all the aesthetics involved, um, I think that's such a valuable thing too. And I, I feel, I wish there were um, more male nurses too in this space because there's a lot of, I mean, it seems like a very um, a very good balance because there's a lot of those types of conversations sometimes. I mean, the doctor isn't always there in that, in that meeting and um, male nurses could do a lot of real, real, good stuff for, I feel like the client just to at least have those, those preliminaries. Oh, absolutely. I think there needs to be like, uh, I'm the only guy in all 40 of my employees. And, um, I, I definitely would, I think we would all benefit from, from that. And, you know, the other thing that I, I would love to see is to, to have some more male champions of aesthetics role models. And that's why I'm so outspoken about it. Like I tell everyone, like, you think this chin is real? You think this jaw? No, this is filler. Like I inject <laughs> myself. Like, yeah, I don't look like this. I use Botox, right? So, like, I, I, I'm happy to discuss everything, and I try to 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 normalize it. But man, I would love for one of these big companies to grab a male celebrity spokesperson mm -hmm. to really talk about what it is to be a man and and get these treatments and and try to help normalize it. It's coming, you know, they, we just recently just saw, you know, male, um, it's kind of funny. It's it, how it evolves. We just saw a lot of male cosmetics coming into the marketplace for just freshening up your look. And so now it's like, okay, so if there's cosmetics, there's good skincare. I think John Legend just launched a skincare line. And so it's like little by little, it's, it's going to, we're getting there. Yeah. Into medical aesthetics. I, I believe it will. Um, I do too. You know, the other thing that I do with filler, like where, I don't know if anyone else does this, but I do pec enhancements, Really, which is super awesome. I did it to myself. I absolutely loved it. Um, so it, it's for people that, um, well, you can just add volume, but usually it's uh, defining the inner border of the pec where that's like the hardest part to get that beautiful cut edge as you're coming down. And so you can use filler to actually create contour lift and shape along a pec for someone. And then they just like, they just look so good. Oh, I love it. That's I hurt my, I, I hurt my shoulder. And so I wasn't able to work out for like three months. And I was like super depressed because I love working out and I'm, a, I lift, I hate cardio. Um, so I was like, well, why couldn't we do something to like augment this? Since I'm, I'm I can see my volume getting lost. And then I was like, man, I don't even know if I need to go to the gym, you guys. This is amazing. <laughs> like, this is the greatest thing ever. So, so there's a lot of like really interesting applications that um, I think we're still exploring and thinking about. And it's fun uh, being creative and, and getting a chance to do those kind of things. 
How awesome. How awesome. And so how, how do you now with 40 plus staff people, you must have a lot of good, you know, fundamental things that you just are all about sharing as far as what, what do you like to see folks mindset wise? What do you like to see, you know, that initial energy look like when they're coming into this space? Yeah. So, um, I've kind of realized a couple of things. Um, I've made a lot of like bad decisions as as a business owner, um, a lot of blunders. Um, uh, but you learn, um, and so kind of my model now is to uh, hire slow, fire fast. I think that that's actually really um, really key. And I, I there's there's certain things like there's a lot of things that um, you can teach, right? And there's certain things that you can't. And so I care more about what type of person someone is. Like, are they honest? Do they have integrity? Like, are they professional? Like, are they a good communicator? Do they have compassion? Are they kind? Like, you can't, like, I've tried to teach kindness. (laughs) You can't teach it. Either you have it or you don't. So, like, (laughs) if if someone's not kind, like, they're not going to be in my business. Like, I I don't want to work with people that aren't kind. Mm-hmm. Um, or that aren't honest, right? And so I, I some people might take longer to get to a high level of injecting, but if they have those underlying things, like that, that's what I want, right? Mm-hmm. And so I've I've been able to surround myself with incredible people that are truly amazing and, and they, you know, they've taken their path and flourished. Um so so that's that's what I'm looking for is those those non, I'd say professional, but non like skills, uh, just kind of what type of person someone is. Now, do you, um, do you like to see, there's different school of thoughts on this. Do you like to see new providers coming in with no prior experience, or would you prefer that they already have been, um, doing a, a little bit of this along the way? Great question. And so it kind of depends on the scenario. In general, I would prefer someone to have no bad habits. Like Mm -hmm. I do a lot of things way differently than like, even the way I do Botox, it would probably blow you guys' mind if we sat down and had just a talk on Botox. Like it's, it's wild. I am, I'm shocked. Anyway, uh, so untraining certain things is is way harder than just getting people to, to think about and do things the way that I, I, I say I want them done, but the way that I believe they should be done. Um, so if I'm getting someone that it's not, um, if I'm looking for someone that I'm going to grow into a role, I prefer no experience, um, but uh, I like experience. They love the industry. So they partake of the services, you know, so they've come in, they, they, they like Botox. They've done some lip filler. They've done some laser. So they, they have a genuine interest in the space. Yes. Um, and then again, it's about the character of the person. If uh, if I have like, you know, I'm just getting growing. And so I, I need a, someone that can come in and, and hit the ground running a little bit, then yeah, I'm looking for experience um, and try to tease out, make sure that there's no warning red flags. But, um, and, and I'm kind of fortunate. I, I don't know if everyone's like, uh, well, I know not every practice is set up this way, but I do all the training in-house. So Um, We have a whole program, a three-month process where we take a new, someone that has no injecting experience and and get them to the level where they're they're pretty comfortable doing a good portion of the services alone. 
So that's, that's an advantage for me. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, I, I'm so relieved to hear you say that, you know, I have the same school of thought when it comes down to unlearning some of those, those habits, it's, it's so much harder to get those habits to kind of be a little quieter so that the new, you know, training, whatever it is that you're covering really sets in. And so I'm excited. And I think that our listeners will be definitely excited to hear that because I think the biggest misconception is I don't have any experience, therefore nobody wants me. And that's so not true. It's really what you're talking about that that kindness factor, what's your bedside, you know, all of those pieces, you know, what do you do in the form of, you know, helping others grow? Are you, do you, are you a pay it forward kind of individual? Those types of pieces are everything. And then the rest. Yeah. I totally agree with that. It's so refreshing to hear. And now how about the next, I don't know, five years in this industry, what do you predict is going to, going to go down? Man, that's a great, great question. Um, more male so patients. As far as, <laughs> yes. Or more male, males. More male patients. More, more male patients. Um, yeah, I, I think that there's a lot of exciting things coming. I know some of the, um, I, I'm fortunate I get to sit on um, one of the advisory boards for one of the, the big players in the space. And um, so I get kind of a behind the curtains peek at some of the things that are coming down the pipeline. And so um, there's definitely um, some exciting new products that will be coming. I think there's going to be, uh, um, I'm actually starting some clinical trials uh, to bring a body filler, uh, HA body filler to market in the US, which would be a first of its kind. And uh, the stuff that you can do with that is in- incredible. Um, uh, so there, there's just a lot like from a, from a, a clinical standpoint, there's a lot still that we're discovering and, and learning and, and things that are coming. So I think that uh, there's going to be more and more non-surgical options for things that currently require surgery. And um, I think people are going to be excited and, and, you know, participating in that. From the business side, like secrets out, like it, it, it's going to be harder for someone to be independent um, just because of uh, marketing and money and, and, you know, who has deeper pockets. And um, I think uh, that's going to really prevent or, or present a really big challenge. And the other biggest challenge, like for people that are interested in this space um, is the need, like it, our industry is, it's still just soaring and it's taking off and, you know, the, the amount of, of procedures that they're expecting to hit by, you know, in the next five years is, you know, I don't remember what the, it's something like that. It's an astronomical number. So we do not have uh, the providers and the injectors in place to be able to meet that demand. And so there's definitely opportunity and just figuring out like, and being tenacious and, and really like, getting your foot in the door. And that's probably the biggest piece of advice that I can give anyone. Like for me, like I took a huge risk and like, I hustled, I hustled. Like I full-time resident, my wife's in law school. We have four kids and I'm starting a practice. Right. And so like, like I really, really did everything I could because I loved it and wanted to be in it. And so 
for some people, it might mean like, hey, even though I'm an RN or whatever, I'll, I'll just to get my foot in the door, I'll work part time as a receptionist. You know, I'll work as an MA. I'll anything you can do to get your foot in a door if you truly want to be there. Um, it'll show, right? And so I've had a lot of people that started as a part-time receptionist that are now injecting, right? Yeah. And they 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 were able to to transition that way. So like, don't give up hope. The need's going to be there. You just got to like really find that opportunity and go after it. It took me a year to get hired. Stay a year. Look at yeah, you Yeah, it took me a year. Yeah, I was applying and actually it was the med spa that I met Patty at. I applied there. It was a different owner. They didn't even, I don't even, they gave me, I don't even think an interview, maybe just a phone call saying, okay, well, we'll let you know. And then kept trying, saw that there was a new owner. And then there I was a year later. And I had tried other positions at other locations, but she hired me without any experience. And that was almost a decade ago. She had that light in her eyes. I was like, this one's going to go places. (laughs) (laughs) I know, sometimes you can just tell. It's true. Yeah. Well, awesome. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Ren. It's been such a fun time talking with you. And how do we find you? How do we learn more about all the fun stuff you're doing? Yeah. So um, you can follow. I, I'm trying to be pretty active on Instagram. Um, so you can find me there. Uh, it's uh, Dr. Ben, D-R-B-E-N underscore Tracy. And then my practice is called Monroe Spa. Um, and so you can find that if, if you Google it or whatever, you'll, you'll find uh, my, my locations that way. Um, but yeah, I, I, this was really fun. I, I feel like I, we're just scratching the surface. Like this conversation oh, yeah. could go for hours. Do so <laughs> don't tempt me. I'll, I'll absolutely start waxing poetic about Botox, you guys. <laughs> we need to have that segment. I, I actually think that we need to do a follow-up on that because that sounds super interesting. And we'll actually maybe do a video with that one too. I, uh, I, uh, I'm, I'm debunking the line of convergence nice. as, as the, the preface to, to our conversation. I absolutely hate it. <laughs> uh, I, I honestly, I haven't seen it. I know we're, we're wrapping, but I didn't, I haven't really seen a difference with my patient's longevity or outcome by marking where the convergence is and different depths. I personally haven't seen it. And I, I'm going back to the way I injected prior. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll, I have a whole thing about it. We'll so do, we'll I would, do part I two. Do part part two. two. Uh, Botox. Sure. Yeah. Uh, would love that. Um, yeah. So thanks for having me, you guys. This was super fun and uh, yeah, reach out if you ever need anything. We will, we will be reaching back and- out. Guys, stay tuned for part two, because we definitely want to dive deep into, you know, these methodologies. It's so incredible when we get a chance to just like expand the knowledge this way. It's just so, so much fun. So the other thing I was going to just mention is I am a big believer in sharing and I'm an open book. And so if anyone listening to this, like has questions, wants to learn, like I do training, I like, I'm happy to, to help and be a resource. So anytime, feel free to hit me up. So great. Thank you again, Dr. It's been such a pleasure. And yeah, guys, definitely hit him up because he really is doing some fun, amazing things. And we just can't, we're, we're going to be looking to do more with you. <laughs> Would love to. Although I think you guys need to actually invite me out there so I can get away from the snow and yeah. the cold here. So like, let's, let's figure that out. Maybe Although huh? it did snow in LA yesterday, which was like, yeah, did it really? Like, it's, it's not oh, that what? warm right now. No, it's cold. Never mind. Okay. <laughs> But yeah, it's we'll about a month. Okay, like- yeah, get a little more time. Perfect. <laughs>
Take well, care, thanks, everyone. Guys. Thanks for joining us. We'll catch yep. up with you next time. Sounds good.